You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You had to make Rider Nation into a person. I don't think I would want that person to be my best friend. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not a chance. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty is here. Hopefully that turkey hangover isn't too bad. Ty, I I hear you got to request uh, a Thanksgiving meal. What did uh, Mama Brazilian Ty cook up? Uh, she has made shepherd's pie, which after we are done recording, I am going over to demolish. Oh, you haven't had it yet. <laughs> no, um, my my Thanksgiving supper yesterday consisted of, I don't know, 10 double Ryan Cokes on the golf course. Um, so I don't have a turkey Whoa, hangover. That, I don't have a turkey hangover today. You have an actual one. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Like, I was in bed by nine because nobody wanted to party <laughs> after our golf after our golf game. So I came home and had a sandwich and stopped drinking. And I'm like, well, I'm going to bed. And I looked at my clock and it was 9.02. So I got a solid solid 12 and a half hours of sleep. My wife and I went to Jasper for Thanksgiving. She's got a job where she's got to work the stat now. So we had to come home uh, on on Sunday night. And... (laughs) Sunday in Jasper, like there was wildlife everywhere. We, we couldn't leave. We just couldn't. And uh, we actually saw 12 different moose. Isn't it meese? <laughs> you got me there, buddy. <laughs> you got me there. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Is This For Real? It's a podcast about various facets of black life in Edmonton. In the first season of the show, Breaking the Blue Wall, host Omar Salafu explores anti-black racism and policing and tells stories about policing in schools, accountability in Alberta's policing system, and the impacts of police violence on black Edmontonians. You can listen to the podcast and read more about each episode at isthisforreal.ca. You can also support the work of these podcasters and future seasons on Patreon. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca All right. <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend of football. It's, it's one of those where we saw everything. Close games, blowouts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it gave us everything. I, I would say almost three out of the four games, if you just watched the fourth quarter, you got a story of the game. This one, <laughs> Winnipeg crushing Edmonton 30-3. to It really started from the opening kickoff tie. 
Yeah, uh, this was the definition of that bad car wreck that you can't look away from. Like, I think we all knew coming in that the yeah. Bombers were going to lay the boots to the Elks, but you had to watch. You had to. <laughs> so, Ty, what blows my mind about this game, it looked to me like Winnipeg was not playing their best football. Yeah, They had left some points out on the field, and I don't know if it was, you know, the fact that Kenny Lawler had been suspended for the game uh, affecting the offense, or this sounds harsh. Were they just playing down to their opponent? It, it looked like that, that Winnipeg happens. was just kind of going through the motions. I, I think that that definitely happens. You look at the standings and, you know, you – You'll hear players and coaching coaching staffs always say, like, you know, you can't look past opponents. You have to play who's in front of you. But at that same time, the Bombers know exactly what the Elks are right now. And it's hard to, you know, run on all eight cylinders every game. Teams are going to have games where they don't play their best. Uh, and I saw on Twitter people saying, oh, maybe this Bombers team isn't as good as everybody says they are. They're letting the Elks stay in it. It's like, well, no, that, it's one game. It's a one-off. And then, you know, the fourth quarter, it just turned into what it turned into. But it's, yeah, maybe maybe they did play down. I don't know if they played down or they just, with the off-field distractions that they did have coming into this week, uh, probably had a little bit yeah, to they do had with, their, some too. with their preparation yeah. and everything for sure. Uh, but, I mean, they're they're just a better team. At some point, they were, gonna, they were just going to put their throats on their, or put their foot on their throats and just come away with it, and that's what they did. I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about... Winnipeg not playing their best football, and they still beat Edmonton by, by 27. four scores. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was the entire first quarter where Trevor Harris really didn't complete a pass. <laughs> and Well, did he even complete a pass in this game? <laughs> of course, a lot of those were on him. A lot of them were on his receivers, though. Mm-hmm. And... Ty, I, I can't just think that Trevor Harris, Greg Ellingson, Darrell Walker, all of a sudden just got old overnight and all of a sudden just quite frankly sucked. Yeah. No, what I, is happening? Uh, it's, I to me, it's front office down to the coaching staff and it's, it's I think they're, they're given F meter. Between them and the players right now, too, frankly, it seems, is just empty. Yeah, Elizondo can say what he wants to in post-game press conferences and say how embarrassing of a football game they've played or how bad it was and, you know, how they need to be better. Nothing changes week to week, and it's embarrassing. Like, these guys, like, you like you, you mentioned it, Trevor Harris, Ellingson, Walker, like, they're not, they're not old. Yeah, they're older. They're not old. They're... They're not terrible football players. It's just, it seems like it starts from the top and it just, it started to matri- to, trick- to trickle down and it's affecting the on-field performance now. Uh, you know, it's, it's, embar- if, if you're, if you're an elk right now, you, you have to be embarrassed, whether it's the off-field stuff that's going on with this team or the on-field performance as a player, you, you just can't be happy with this and it just, they just seem complacent. Oh yeah, it looked like they 
don't care. And there were moments yeah. in the game, like towards the end especially, Andrew Harris, 24 carries, 150 yards, two yeah. touchdowns on the ground. They just bullied Edmonton. And I, I actually think, well, their defense, they can make plays. They've struggled at uh, forcing turnovers. And that 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 kind of separates the good defenses from the great defenses. And then mm-hmm. I know Winnipeg and Hamilton and those teams, they, they take the ball from you as much as they want to stop you. Edmonton has really struggled with that. But Winnipeg's offensive line, even Jamarcus Hardrick had to leave the game and they just continued to run Edmonton over. But when... You know, the the offense is on the play for 30 or on the field for 30 seconds at a time. It, it doesn't help yeah. <laughs> an offense at all. I mean, the Elks, they they gave up three safeties, six points in safeties. They didn't even score six points. Yeah. Like Zach Kalaros didn't have to do anything. Right? <laughs> Literally, if Zach Carlos no, goes yeah. 0 for 27, they still win this football game. <laughs> Not literally, but, like, yeah, it's that bad. Like, I, Honestly, at times it has looked like, to me, James Wilder Jr. looks like the only player on that offense that gives a crap. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of people questioning him, questioning yep. him whether he's a team guy. But he looks like he's the only team guy. <laughs> How the turntables. I got an email from the Elks last week about my season seat renewal. I have yeah. never deleted my credit card information so fast off of a website. Because it was going to auto-renew. I'm good. Thanks. I got to wonder if that's a strategy, man. I'm not kidding. Well, it's always been an auto Like I mean, that's what they do, right? But like, I, I yeah. called in. I called in. No answer. Weird. Uh so yeah, I just deleted all of my information. I'm just gonna hopefully they expire and don't charge me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call again tomorrow and be like, yeah, don't don't take my money. I'm not paying for this anymore. Not that I get to go to a lot of games, but they're not getting my free money. That's for damn sure now. Well, you're you're not even an Elks fan, and there are diehard mm-hmm. Elks fans that are letting go. I've talked to a f- I've talked to a few of them that yeah. are diehard CFL fans, and they feel bad about that. Some have said well, we might, I might just buy season tickets in Vancouver to complete su- supporting or continue supporting the league because God knows they don't want to buy Stampeder <laughs> tickets. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Let's not get crazy, Ty. <laughs> yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> it's an ugly situation there, and yep. uh, I'm honestly kind of shocked. But it does say a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, but what other option? What other option do you have? Yeah. If you're if like if you don't if you want to send a message, then the only message you can send is not spending your money on this team. Well, as a fan, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, doesn't it say a lot about the team that they're just sticking with the front office that they have right now. And I know it's challenging to do it in the middle of a season. It's like, it's like we're in a Maury Povich episode where they, yeah. Oh, you said once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo. Turns out that was a lie. <laughs> but it's like, I think that would go, making changes now would go a long way to, 
to starting to repair the damage that they've already done. Yeah. For next and, and try to get people back next year. We're doing something. Yeah. But they're just they're just standing pat yeah. and people aren't gonna want that. What's the over under on the uh, attendance at Commonwealth Stadium this Friday? Seventy five hundred. <laughs> How many are they allowed to have? Can they be full capacity? Oh yeah, you can be full oh, okay. capacity. It's Alberta, baby. Yeah, who cares, right? Uh, Got to yeah, be vax though. <laughs> doesn't ex- doesn't exist there. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say let's put it let's put it at ten. Like I don't know, man. If, if they're this bad, there it is. if if they're this bad and it's zero degrees out, are you going? Hey, the mini donuts are good. Yeah, that's fair. That's very Once fair. in a while, the guy next to me buys a whole bucket, eats like two of them, and then leaves. So I'm like a seagull all over that <laughs> stuff. Mine? <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, dude. <laughs> like, like Michael when he's feeding the birds. Caw, caw. He's just throwing <laughs> bread. But like full Here's slices. Here's the deal. Trevor Harris? Trevor Harris benched now. Yeah. Saying it's not injury-related, but he will not be starting against Winnipeg on Friday. Taylor Cornelius gets the start, and I... Uh, I think he starts the rest of the year. Yeah, me too. I, I say you might as well give him a shot the rest of the year mm-hmm. and see see what happens. I, I yeah. think we're in training camp territory 2022 for the Edmonton Elks. Yep. Yeah, 100%. They're not uh, making the playoffs, and if they go on some ungodly run... And the rest of the West falls apart. <laughs> Trevor Harris isn't going to be able to play in the playoffs anyway. So you might as well give the ball to Cornelius and hope for the best. <laughs> I think we're, we we both know that Edmonton does not have the coaching staff uh, that Calgary has. So I don't think we see a, a Calgary-style recovery like Edmonton. No. We'll get to Calgary right now, but Kelvin Knight gets the start for the Bombers. Four catches on four targets for 22 yards. Nick Dembski, great game. Five catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown, yeah. including a, a drop pass that would have been another touchdown. Could have been even bigger for him. Uh, Darvin Adams, only the one catch on 10 yards on eight targets. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bombers could have made this a yeah. lot worse. Uh, R- Rashid Bailey, four catches, 44 yards. Two rushes for 36 yards as well. One thing about the Bombers, though, Ty, I got to think that these missed field goals, they might cost them at the worst possible time. Yeah. Ali Mortada ends up missing a 42-yarder, a 46-yarder, and a 47-yard field goal. That needs to be figured out before the playoffs for Winnipeg. Otherwise, 100%. it could be... An incredible upset at the worst time yeah. when they don't want it. Yeah, you can get away with that right now. Again, especially yeah. when you're playing the Edmonton Elks of the world. Uh, yeah, you get to playoffs. <laughs> Saskatchewan or Calgary come into Winnipeg for that West Final. You you can't be missing field goals in those games. You can't. Or even BC coming nope. in there. You, you can't leave points on the board. That not that many. You can deal with a miss here and there, but you can't be missing three. You can't be missing three field goals a game. Let's not forget he missed an extra point. Yeah, <laughs> as well. So there's that. Ten points right there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they still covered. <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders go into Saskatchewan and beat the Riders. 
twice in a row. That is the season series, the Stamps beating the Riders. 22-19, the final score on a last-second field goal. Craig Dickinson has not beaten his brother Dave in a game. Cody Fajardo has not beaten the Calgary Stampeders. To quickly sum up this game, I see two things that happened. Calgary's interior defensive line was all over Saskatchewan's Mm -hmm. offensive line. Mm -hmm. And Kadeem Carey, I think he might have had his best game as a Stampeder. That's fair. That's very fair. For a team that, you know, we talk about consistency and and all that stuff and and their front office and there's so much turnover on the field from week to week lately for them and they still find ways to win. And like I said, Kadeem Carey has his best game, which this year wouldn't have taken much. (laughs) It's been not the best year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I had... Le- I had Milanovic Litre in my lineup because you know all of a sudden comes out on what Tuesday that Kadeem Carey is a little banged up. If this is Kadeem Carey's game up, time decision, yeah. If, if this is him at a game time decision, uh, I'll take it. They, they mentioned it on the broadcast that uh, it's now been the the same offensive line for the Stampeders four games in a row. Mm-hmm. It is now showing, um, and it was almost the same as last week's game in Calgary where the Stampeders just get off to a great start. I think it was the first pass of the game. Bo Mitchell hits Markeith Ambles for a 71-yard touchdown. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i in a hotel room watching this on a delay. Um, are you kidding me? Now, I know how much that iPad cost that I bought for my wife for Christmas last year. If I didn't, it might have went for a ride out the hotel window. <laughs> Yeah, but you could you could just write that off as a business expense. <laughs> and I know both threw two interceptions, but twenty of twenty eight got the touchdown in there. Mm-hmm. He, he looks like he's and Ty. I, I gotta wonder if that year off has affected a lot of the the quality of play in the CFL, uh, especially Bo dealing with uh, that shoulder injury, but Calgary clearly found an area right in the middle of the Sask defense, and yeah. Bo might be the best quarterback in the league when it comes to throwing up the middle. Yeah, if you're going to play, like, if you're going to have the, those soft spots in the zones, it, it there's nobody, I don't think, in this league that I want more than Bo Levi Mitchell picking that apart. And he's just getting better. Like, this yeah. is... It, it, as the year goes on, yeah, he, he was banged up with the leg and everything in the shoulder. Uh, I think he's st- starting to figure out how to manage that with the, with the shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still th- almost over 300 yards. Those two picks are what kept Saskatchewan in this game late in the game. Yeah, it is. Uh, without those, this game became a, this game would have became a boat race, and I would have won all my bets. But here we are. Uh, yeah, if, if if you're gonna leave spots especially in the middle of the field Bo Levi is going to find it and you're you're going to have a real hard time adjusting because he's he's just got too many weapons and he's too good when he's on Herji Mayala four catches 59 yards Kadeem Carey five catches 69 yards nice pause for effect Josh Huff five <laughs> catches for 74 yards and as far as the riders go I mean <laughs> Are we gonna have to start close. using the elk bugle on nice? 
Maybe. <laughs> and you know what? That, considering what Bull Elk are going through when they're doing the bugle, that kind of adds up, really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Willie, don't, Willie don't, 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 don't look that up on Google, kids. <laughs> I gotta. I, I think I just want to pass the baton to Ty here. Uh-oh. A three-point game, and your running back gets ten carries. <laughs> yeah, it's also what third or second and fourteen, and you throw the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage. That makes a lot of sense too. Like I, uh, I, I know that Fajardo was he was under pressure just yeah. about every time. He was backing. He was, then, he was dropping back then to pass. Change your packages. Bring yeah. in another yeah. blocker. Do something. Don't just keep going from the shotgun in a forty-one or an empty set, and and expect him to try to find time. He, mm-hmm. Twenty completions for one hundred ninety-one yards throws a touchdown. Which, I mean, it's not a terrible night, but it could have been so much better and it could have been a hell of a lot worse this o-line is is patchwork really right now and jason moss is doing nothing to mitigate that other than throwing screen passes that amount to negative yards at least uh fajardo didn't turn the ball over um yep that's fair there was a couple more missed throws out there and i i know that last week he was pretty fired up after a loss in calgary but you you also got to make those throws. They're yep. also on you. There was another time when Kyron Moore, wide, wide open, yeah. and uh, you just miss him. And some of them are on the receiver as well, but I, I see almost more plays on uh, Cody Fajardo, who's just struggling with that deep ball accuracy right now. Uh, Duke slump. Williams is going to get yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. And you know what? Rider Nation is such a... I, Fickle. I, if you had to make Rider Nation into a person, I don't think I would want that person to be my best friend. Absolutely <laughs> not. Not a chance. Man, you have a couple rough weeks. You're stabbed right in the back, baby. Yeah. Man, he was the hero in Saskatchewan in 2019. Man, we we had a rough pandemic. We I'm, got really <laughs> short memories. I'm surprised that there wasn't flaming dogs of, or flaming bags of dog crap on his front lawn after he hit the crossbar. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. Paul, everybody loved Paul McCallum for a little while. Jason Jason Moss is going to get some dog some bags of dog crap on his lawn here shortly. I'm sure <laughs> they might not be dog crap. <laughs> Calgary ended up kicking five field goals here, but uh, so did Saskatchewan. And when you're uh, you're kicking that many field goals, you're not finishing drives. I know there was the one play, Braden Lenius almost. Well, he did come down with the ball, but. One of those things where, and I learned something new this weekend, where if you're going out of bounds backwards and the the toe hits the turf first, it doesn't matter if your heel hits the white and uh, makes you out of bounds. But if you're going out Mm -hmm. of bounds forwards and drag the toes, it still counts. That was news to me. (laughs) No, Well, because the heel never comes down, right? When you're toe dragging? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. It's, yeah. But... But it was that close. Yeah. From, it's, uh, a ga- it's a game of inches. 
Yeah, and uh, these teams are going to play one more time in McMahon Stadium on October twenty third, and, and the stamp uh, and the stamps are going to be in second place after that game. Wow! Remember when wow. we wrote them off four weeks ago? Yep, those were the good old days, weren't they? <laughs> that was the best. God bless the Canadian Football League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, did you have uh, Matthew Schiltz leading the Montreal Alouettes down the field for a game-winning drive against Ottawa? <laughs> did you? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, then yes, I did. <laughs> 2016, the final score for Montreal here. When this game started, two sacks by the Montreal mm-hmm. defense, a quick t- uh, passing touchdown to who else but touchdown Jake Winicky. I thought yep. this was going to be a track meet. Montreal is going to run away with it, but yep. Ottawa tightened up and kept it a game. And, and we talked about it. They, they have a defense that can keep them in games. Uh, we didn't think they'd be able to do it every week. Obviously, that's that's too taxing. It's a lot to ask. But th- this was just another example. These guys can bear down and play and play really good defensive football. Uh, it's not the ideal way. It'd be nice if you had you know a more I don't know, consistent offense. Uh, it didn't help Timothy Flanders being out, obviously, but and Kenny Stafford not playing and stuff like that. But, I mean, Caleb Evans kind of thrown into the fire there two weeks ago and has come out, I don't want to say unscathed, but he's done well with what he's been given. Uh, but it's just really hard for this team to 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 pull out victories. Like The defense just... It, it, it's not going it, to... It can't happen week to week where the defense wins some games. It, it's just... It's not not something that can happen when you can't have your offense, you know, eat time on the clock to give your defense a rest. But hang on to your Timothy Flanders comment, because I think the Ottawa Red Blacks have found their mm-hmm. new starting running back. Uh, yeah, that that is quite possible. I just meant consistency throughout their offensive lineup, though. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. Tur- Turner comes in and he, I mean, put up 11.6 points, had a really good game. Uh, yeah, there's no complaints on that side. From his performance. Well, that being said, Ty, d- didn't the Alouettes also mm-hmm. got a running back make things make them forced to have a stand back and Artis Payne on the roster next week? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, Christoph Norman can probably can probably not be on the game day roster next week. I mean, he basically just special teams. So if they can, or well, I'm sure they can find somebody, but. If you can have a lineup where Stanback and and Cameron Artis Payne are in it, and you can spell off Stanback at times, it Payne showed that he is more than a serviceable running back in the in the in this league right now. I, I know it's only one game, but I mean, twenty one carries for one hundred twenty two yards, touchdown, went four for four on on targets. It's not a not a bad uh, not not a bad performance from a guy in his first game. Artis Payne was drafted in the fifth round by the Carolina Panthers in 2015. Mm-hmm. He did play in Super Bowl 50, which was a, a loss to the Denver Broncos. But the, the Owls did well when they had the dual back system with Standback and Jeremiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnson, he was a pretty good blocking back. He was a pretty good yep. receiving back as well. And I, I think this would it would not only be good. I mean, for the entire offense, it would probably be good for Standback as him, well. To, to he, he spell gotta, him out. 
He's, he won't. Yeah. He won't have to take a hundred percent of the snaps. And they're different runners. Uh, Ar- oh, yeah. Artis Payne doesn't really, you know, run over you. No, <laughs> it didn't look like that. Uh, twenty-one carries, one hundred and twenty-two yards, though. Four catches, twenty-seven yards. <laughs> It was a pretty nice performance, a pretty nice CFL debut for him. Uh, Jake Winicky, four catches, 46 yards and a touchdown. B.J. Cunningham, three catches, 50 yards. And Eugene Lewis, the two catches and 45 yards. But the, the news was Vernon Adams Jr., well, hey, what did you make of the Abdul Kana hit? You know, regular speed. It kind of reminded me of those Zach Kalaros plays where, mm-hmm. you know, he he slides and Simone comes and smashes him. Kana kind of glanced him a little bit. Uh, and he ended up not getting hurt on that play. Yeah. But uh, these teams, <laughs> they're going to remember this going forward. And it was nice to see the offensive line come to his defense. Yeah, that, I mean, that Canada plays the game one way, and that's downhill, right? You don't see him yeah. shy away from much. I think he's lucky, and Fernandes was lucky that it was a glancing blow because it could have been way worse, and we're maybe looking at a huge, well, I wouldn't say huge fine, but probably the max fine or possibly a suspension if it's if it's bad and he injures Vernon Adams. But I, I don't know. It, it's really hard. At full speed to not, yeah, finish a hit right or yeah, or that's like, where I'm at. I think I think he did his best. Best wasn't enough, obviously, as as we saw. But I mean, everybody's lucky that kind of walked away from that unscathed. That play reminds me of what happened in the Saskatchewan Calgary game. There were some pretty ticky tack roughing the passer penalties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, especially the one where. I don't know. Maybe it was me just watching on an iPad, kind of grabbing Bo by the ankle and getting rough in the passer for that. And I know you can't hit it's below, below the, the knee, knee, but but at at the oh. same time, I don't think that rule should exist because if a guy's like if all I can grab at you is your legs, then that shouldn't be a penalty. If I'm diving at your legs, that's a different story. Like there's got to be yeah, some yeah. give and take with that. Yeah. And, and and you're saying that as a rider fan that that's ticky tacky, so <laughs> which you're not supposed yeah. to do. You obviously you obviously haven't bought in. <laughs> well, maybe I did because that was a, a call on Bo. Damn it, the green glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Montreal and Ottawa are going to play again on uh, Saturday, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And I'm just guessing. Matt Schiltz probably getting the start because Vernon so. Adams ends up getting tackled uh, later on. Uh, leaves with his arm held like it might have been a, a shoulder injury there. And if that's long-term for the Owls... But it's his left shoulder. Eh, yeah, I mean, if you're talking Matt Dunnigan, that guy probably get his entire you know, left arm cut off and he would still go out there and play, but... quarterbacks aren't made the same way anymore no i i I honestly i don't know if there's a quarterback in the league right now i would take cooking advice from hey man i i say they should bring back that uh matt dunnigan cooking show the traveling grill or whatever it was that thing was that was awesome yeah it was always a treat it was always a treat when you just happened to stumble across it Do, do you even do you think they even needed to mic them up 
Or was he just loud enough it didn't matter? <laughs> he probably was just loud enough. <laughs> uh, Matt Schultz, uh, his play, I mean, 17-yard scramble from him. Uh, and then converting that third and four, three for three, 36 yards, brings the Alouettes down, and they end up winning the game with uh, with the last uh, second field goal there. Well, Ottawa did have a chance to get the ball back and try yeah. to get the win themselves, but Ottawa staying in it right to the very end, taking the lead mm-hmm. <laughs> in the fourth quarter, and kind of what we thought with this team, just scrappy. Yep. Ugly games, trying to keep it close, and uh, they're they're doing it. it. It got ugly a few yeah. times, but it's not Edmonton level ugly anymore. I think no. Ottawa has surpassed them. Like when you watch an Ottawa Red Blacks game, you almost feel like they have a chance. Yeah, when you watch an Elks game, you might as well bet your entire bank account on whoever they're playing. And, I mean, that was, like, at the beginning of the year, Ottawa was in that boat where it didn't seem like anything was going to go right for them on paper. And then they beat Edmonton, and they were like, okay, well, let's see. And then, you know, that losing streak happened, and it's like, this is exactly what we said was going to happen. Everybody expected this, and they beat Edmonton again, and now they're staying in football games. It's like, hmm, this team might be onto something. I mean, they obviously need help at the quarterback position, unless Caleb Evans turns out to be the answer. Uh, But, yeah, their defense is... He said they're scrap. This whole team is scrappy. They're hanging on. Uh, they're they're making teams you know play a full sixty minute game yep. to beat them, which is something we yep. didn't expect. They are two and seven, and they mm-hmm. haven't won a game. Well, their only wins are against yeah. Edmonton. So. so how bad? How bad does that make Edmonton? Again, like, <laughs> I don't know how many. Like it's like the dead horse, but I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> the last game of the week was uh, the Ticats hosting the Toronto Argonauts, and the Argos end up winning 24-23. Again, two weeks in a row, the Argos go into the half not looking very good. They were trailing mm-hmm. Ottawa uh, last Wednesday. They were trading Hamil- or trailing Hamilton here. They only had five points going into the room, and then they put up nineteen in uh, in the fourth quarter to yeah. to win this game. McLeod Bethel Thompson didn't look good, and now at the end of the night, he's got three hundred and eighty eight yards, twenty nine of forty two. The completion percentage there, Ty, sixty nine percent. Nice. Two touchdowns, one interception to go with this total. <laughs> you wait. Like, you let me say it, and then you try to keep talking, and then you start laughing, like, halfway through your next sentence. <laughs> I try to, I try to, you know, I'm, I'm just ruining the whole joke here. I'm trying to pass it off as, you know, serious, just something that happened, but I mm-hmm. I just can't do it. No. Uh, it's too good. <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli <laughs> with his best game this year, I think, 24, yep. 33, 361 yards, two touchdowns, but still not enough on Thanksgiving Monday against the Argos. This was not how I expected this game to go. Um, for some reason, I had the Argos in my pick and I didn't change Was that it. an accident? I, it must have been. No. No, yeah, no, yeah. I think what happened was so I picked 
Ottawa to beat them, right? So then I'm oh, like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So they're going to lose to Ottawa, so then they have to win their next game. And I just never changed it. Oh, see. Because <laughs> I said it for the whole week. <laughs> and uh, so now I have a four-game winning streak, and I'm one game below 500. One game below 500. Nice. 19 and 20. Nice. It's been a rough year. <laughs> oh, my God. I look back. In 2019, I was like 56 and 19, or 58 and 19 or something like that. Like, what happened? What yeah. happened to that Brazilian tie? We lost it, man. Yeah. Now, after this show, what are, what are our Twitter notifications going to be filled with telling us that we're wrong about? I honestly don't care. <laughs> hey, 99% of the time, ask, I man. click on the notification tab on the bottom just to get rid of the notification number. <laughs> I don't even know why I have Twitter. You, you should see my unread emails if you do that, man. <laughs> oh my god, it's got to be six or seven thousand by now. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can just go select all and then mark as red, right? I might do that. Yeah. Uh, Malik Irons <laughs> was the leading rusher for the Tie Cats. Seven carries, fifty-nine yards. That's actually a positive for the Cats because it's not something they've done. You right, average eight point four carry. Like yeah, look at that. Sean, Sean Thomas Erlington only three carries, average six. Jeremiah Masoli averaged five point eight. Like I didn't know that they could do this. But maybe, maybe, but when when they run the ball, they lose though. So I mean, maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tie Cats. Th- this this is another thing. Just like Saskatchewan, the big play, the home run. Mm-hmm. They connect on a few of those, and it's their game. But that's exactly yeah. what football is. The, missing David Ungerer by you know a yard or two in the end zone. Uh, they they did connect on the home run with Jalen Acklin, but Jalen Acklin had, had to come to that football. Yeah, yeah. What a concept. Yeah. Because um, I've seen <laughs> interceptions happen where the receiver just. Waits for the ball and expects it to come to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the DBs never even took a look back for where the ball was. So it was really easy for Acklin to make that catch. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> President Butler got totally lost on that play. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Addison, six six catches, nine uh, targets there. Nice. Whoa. Uh, six, 63 yards receiving. We almost <laughs> you didn't had think a I was going nice to get there. that one, did you? But just the way you worded it. I almost perfectly. did it. I almost. I'm, this is now going to be become a game here. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a title. But the turn. <laughs> the turning point of the game was. It appeared McLeod Bethel Thompson had thrown an interception. The challenge flag comes out. It was deemed that it was roughing the passer. I texted you and said game over, and that was before we knew there was yeah. a flag. I yeah, said it was game over. There was. Hamilton was going to go down and get at least a field goal. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it totally turned the game around that penalty. I mean, that's 15 yards. They, they keep the ball, and, you know, they finish the drive. Which, I mean, I texted you, I don't know, what was it, just before halftime or just after halftime, and said these two games today were a tough watch so far. Because it's like nothing, it, it just wasn't good football. If you just watched the fourth quarter, they were both pretty fun. Yeah, fourth fourth quarter made up for both both games for sure. <laughs> uh, Chandler Worthy 
Now, after that roughing the passer, I can't remember if it was the Chandler Worthy touchdown or the Devaris Daniels touchdown. I think maybe the Chandler, Chandler Worthy, Worthy touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Devaris Daniels making Ridiculous. one of the top three catches of the year <laughs> into the end zone. 22-yard touchdown from McLeod Bethel-Thompson. It looked like a mediocre game for him. It looked like Nick Arbuckle was going to step into here and see if they could get the offense doing. I saw a lot of noise about that on Twitter. Getting Arbuckle in. Yep. And I was like, you know, they might not be wrong. They might be onto something. But I don't know. The the fourth quarter for this Argos team, is it's a totally different game for them. It just makes no sense. So this is a, a massive win. Yeah. Obviously. For for the Argos, who now create some distance in the Eastern Division, they're six and three. Montreal's four and four. The Tie Cats four and five, which we all thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we had we both had Toronto winning the Grey Cup, right, and going running away with the East. <laughs> Pretty sure everybody has. Yeah, that. I guess spending all that money in uh, free agency can help you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When you get when you spend it on in the right places. Yeah, that's a like, yeah. that's a big thing. You got to spend it in the right places. That's on the great, right Saskatchewan. Bring in Duke Williams. Your O line is still Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you got to work against Mike Rose. Uh, I'm leaving that mm-hmm. game in the past. Yeah. I have to. I have to. For your own sanity. <laughs> I'm going to get too worked up, man. So here we go. Week 11, three games. Bombers go to Edmonton. Did you see the spread? No, I haven't yet. Let me look. I'm going to look. Oh, my God. Bombers, 14 and a half point favorites. <laughs> the home team gets three points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's Winnipeg cover all day. <laughs> Montreal six and a half points over Ottawa right now, um, and uh, Calgary half point favorites. Why even put a half Lions. point up? Call it a pick 'em. Yeah, exactly. Like, so exactly. Dumb. Who are the fantasy leaders for Week Ten tie? At quarterback, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, who. Somehow orchestrated the fourth quarter that, you know, like I said, it, the fourth quarter for this team is a completely different ball game every week, it seems. Uh, Cody Fajardo at 14.4. Sorry, McLeod at Thompson at 22.7. Uh, Fajardo at 14.4. Vernon Adams Jr. 12.4. And he was third. Like, Winnipeg put up 30 points. Zach Claro said 10.3 fantasy points. <laughs> like, crazy. Uh, Andrew Harris led the way running backs at 30.4. Uh Wow. Artist Payne, 24.9. Kadeem Carey, 22.8. And then fourth place, William Powell, 12.7. Thank you, Jason Moss. Toronto <laughs> had two of the top three receivers. Chandler Worthy, 22.1. And Curly Gittins at 17.3 was third. Uh, Nick Dembski was in the number two spot with 19.3. Marquise Ambles, 16.4. And top five, uh, rounded out by Braylon Addison, was 16.3. That just tells me the ball is just getting spread out so much. And some of the big plays are getting missed, I know. Mm-hmm. But... Markeith Ambles made two catches, and uh, he he he's at that point uh, on the on the final you know fantasy standings here. Shout out to the Argos defense. I know it was two games, but thirty three points 
was uh, second on uh, my roster to DJ Foster, who had 34.2 points. But uh, my 127 points, not good enough. You had 127 points? I did, yep. Oh, my God. What did you have? 76.4. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I got second. I had the second highest score in that, the Canadian Football Podcast yeah, Network well, Fantasy Challenge, and I lost. Don't play the guy who got the most. Yeah. Like Caleb Evans. He took Chandler in, Worthy. Caleb Evans in two games got me 22.2 points. Hey, I beat you by 50. That, I'm going to hang my hat on that for the rest of the week. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I closed the gap. You're only ahead of me by, what, 21.8 points on the season now. Well, let's talk about the pick then. Yeah, 16 and 21. Great showing. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. retire. I mean, you're, you can't, it can't get much worse for you. Well, that's what the Edmonton Elks fought, and uh, look at them now. Well... If if they've hit rock bottom, we all know what's next. <laughs> An elbow pad flying into the stands. Oh my! Like if Andrew Harris scores a touchdown and doesn't do that now, like rip off an elbow guard and throw it in. Like what are we doing? What are we even doing here? <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial, and if you've been looking for a way to give back. ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes that they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and to donate, visit atbcares.com. We hope you had yourself a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Thursday to get you set for Week 11 Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Ty, enjoy that shepherd's pie, and I'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.